1: It's been a busy month for Chefs de Cuisine since our last podcast. Our limited engagement in La Jolla, the Pinot Wars, was extremely successful. It was a great food and wine pairing at a lovely private La Jolla home, and it featured pinots from California and Oregon. Leading wine judge Brad Bruce provided insights on the wines that came from his private cellar of more than 600 bottles. And Chef Trey's... Godforson of Wine Time Catering masterfully prepared exquisite dishes to complement the complex favors of the various wines. Next up is limited engagement Ocean Beach Paella Passion, featuring the classic paella stylings of Chef Rosindo West, who has been a mainstay at Cafe Sevilla in recent years. We have an exciting announcement later on in this segment about Chef West. Limited Engagement Ocean Beach Paella Passion is on July 18th at Gianni Bonomo Venter's 4836 Newport Avenue in Ocean Beach, where winemaker Keith Roll is blending world class grapes from Washington State and winning gold and silver medals in international wine competitions with prestigious wineries. I've got to tell you, I was blown away by the depth, clarity, and complexity of many of his wines. There's a saying about not getting recognition in a place where you live, and that May be true in this case, where some folks seem to think good wine must have a label from Napa or Sonoma or France or Italy, but nothing could be further from the truth. This limited engagement series that we're talking about introduces one-time-only culinary experiences in unique settings in restaurants, hotels, wineries, breweries, and private homes throughout San Diego and the Baja. Attendance is limited depending on the venue to ensure an intimate atmosphere that is enlightening as well as entertaining. These events always sell out, So buy your tickets early at www.sdchefs.org. That's www.sdchefs.org. All the events we mention are sponsored by Chefs de Cuisine Association and support projects of the Chefs de Cuisine Education Foundation. Some of these events include things like just since our last podcast, the foundation fed 600 people at a parent symposium for Sweetwater Union High School in Chula Vista, where they discussed important topics like bullying, leadership, and parent-child communication. We also took a busload of youngsters from underserved communities on a farm tour to see where food really comes from and to experience fields, and crops, and farm animals. That was all part of a healthy cooking class the Foundation sponsors through the Boys and Girls Club of South County to instill healthy eating habits and seek to combat childhood obesity and malnutrition. For more information about Chefs de Cuisine events and activities and how to become involved, visit www.sdchefs.org. One last thing, Chefs de Cuisine has a culinary enthusiast membership category for culinary non-professionals who want to become part of the organization, attend activities, and work with community projects. Again, go to www.sdchefs.org for more information. On the Front Burner puts two no-nonsense culinary professionals on air discussing tough industry topics, interviewing fascinating food personalities, and providing penetrating looks at the industry that we love.
2: We don't always agree and often provide compelling personal insights from a unique combination of life experiences. You know, it's a lively give and take. It's by no means conventional.
1: Elaine owns Sweet Cheeks Baking Company. And is a winner of the Food Network's Cupcake Wars and Fabulous Cakes. A seasoned industry professional, she is a cake designer and a certified sommelier.
2: Don is a chef, an award-winning journalist, and a culinary educator. Together, we take a not always pretty, sometimes funny, and always entertaining look at the world of food and beverage.
1: Hi, I'm Don Williamson and welcome to On the front burner.
2: Hey, it's Elaine Artdizzoni and uh, we're happy to be here today with our part two segment of talking with Michelle Malico from originally from France and now our French gourmet uh, restaurant catering, and what else? Bakery. Bakery, bakery for sure. I guess, yeah, that's and to me, celebra- that's always there.
1: Right, and celebrating 40 years in the business this month. That's just amazing. If you want to hear more about how Michelle got started and how we got from France to here and the stops in between New York and Miami, listen to the first segment. But now we're going to talk a little bit about 40 years, Michelle. When you look back over that, First, what's been the biggest change for you in the industry, in the business over that time?
0: I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> but I still love it as much, even more, because I think that uh you know it's the biggest change is is how easy it is now to to plan, to to produce, to do things in the way that technology has become such a big, big help. Right. I mean, I am so much more productive than I used to. You know, I keep coming back talking about catering, but I remember the days where I will jot on a piece of paper what you know the date, whatever it was, and put it on the on the desk of somebody with the hope that he'll get typed within a couple of days and then mail it to the people. You know, and then you know in order to do business, people used to come and either call by phone or you will meet them, you know, head to head and try to plan. And nowadays. You know, you get an email, you send a proposal out, and sometime within within 20 minutes you have a deal, you know. So that's one of the biggest challenges. Now, that's the technology and the rest. Um, Licensing, everything, on that part, everything is fine. You know, you grow into it. Um, But uh, manpower, that's one of the biggest biggest challenges. Yeah, we want
1: to talk a little bit more about people in in a little bit. But people know you and you are – have you know, got your crown for being the French gourmet, but you've had some other experiences. You um had a restaurant at the Museum of Art, you had a museum a restaurant in Scripps Ranch, you had a restaurant in Rancho Santa Fe. I think you even had Larios for a while. That's right. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Well well, you know, in the early eighties catering was an add-on. And I did not have a a structure for it. I did not have, uh, how do you say, expenses. It's not like, it was, it's like a restaurant, you know, that has, oh, I, you need a party for 50 people somewhere else and practically all the, the, the revenue unless the food cost comes to you. So, I was financially very crazy and very strong. Uh, in 1984, I did open the, uh, the Scripps Ranch Cafe and La Difference and also the Sculpture Garden Cafe at the Museum of Art. I'm the one that started those. And just, it was easy. I mean, I don't know what was going on. It, it was just, you know, it was easy to do. The, the La Difference was such a great accomplishment for me. I, I, was that
2: a high-end restaurant? Was yes, it a cafe? It, or?
0: It, it, no, it was a high-end oh, restaurant. Oh, neat. It had a small bakery. I never even knew about it. It had a small bakery. And then the restaurant, but it's in Fairbanks Ranch in the shopping center. And yeah. I was way before my time. Yeah, You know, I mean, they, I always say I should have bought two lots in the Fairbanks Ranch, oh, and now I'll be, I'll be set up, you yeah, know. Really. But it, it was fun, you know. It was a great experience. Uh, it was just uh, in those days. I remember the winter. I don't know if it was eighty-three or eighty-four, but it rained, it rained, it rained. It even this year, it does not even rain near as much as then, uh, you know. So it was hard, very, very hard, because uh, Sandy, the road got closed for a while. So I finally had to give it up. Yeah. After a couple of years, you know. You see, weather th- is
2: cyclical. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things you told me that I thought was interesting about that was that the problem with having three or four places was that you couldn't be three or four places at one time.
0: Yeah, but I had some great people. Mm-hmm. And very interestingly, one of my, my chef, Gérard, was from New York. And I had worked for him when he worked at Le Mistral in New York. And he came to California and for some reason we connected and he was my chef. And I'm telling you, the food was sublime. He would make Mm. that perigourdin sauce, you know, to go with steaks and, 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 you know, the Dover sole. I mean, it was just so great. And it was it was doing fine. I would have been uh, able to give competition to a uh, millefleur. I wish that you know, existed. It, now. Was, it was just. You were not born yet. No, stop.
2: <laughs> you think I'm young? No. Anyway. Not a uh, but,
0: you know, that was a great accomplishment for me. Uh, yeah. the, the Scripps French Cafe, I got the idea from. Uh, in those days, I, I went to Hollywood a couple of times, and there was a company called Casino. And, and it was like a French cafeteria. Where, you know, you go in and you grab your onion soup, you grab your sandwiches, you grab yeah. your uh, bove bourguignon, your ratatouille, uh, you know, just some dishes. And the idea was to just offer French fare on a very casual basis to people coming in, you know, salad niçoise, stuff like that. That was very interesting. Um, but again, you know, that one did not last because it was very uh, short uh, business you know, I would be open. I mean, I would be busy for an hour and a half while the people. Oh, were like having, a lunch rush. Were, that's were, were it. having the lunch, you know. Right, so Right. And and uh, and uh, so, but you know, I learned a lot. I was able to withstand all those those uh, those changes.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, I I think that takes a lot of guts, and yeah. a lot of congratulations to get through it. Having owned restaurants myself, it's it's tricky, and yeah. it's really fun. It's and fun. It's, it's fun. Very reward You know, but it's, it's, it's really it has its crazy and yeah.
1: So those restaurants came and they went, but your mainstay, yes. the French gourmet, yeah, stayed yeah. there. And for people that don't know or haven't been there, tell us how that operates. You say your catering, catering bakery, what? restaurant, how does all that work? Yeah, is
2: your catering all done out of the restaurant kitchen? On yes. It
0: is. Well, it's out of the big kitchen. So on Turquoise, we have a we. I am a kidder that happened to have my own bakery and restaurant. That's how I said. Okay. I see. Okay. So we have a small retail place, a yeah. 40 seats restaurant, yeah. a kitchen for the restaurant, but it's all under the same roof and with dorm communicating. So the big kitchen is in the back? bakery and the big kitchen is in the back. I see. The, the, loc- the building used to be a racquetball court.
2: Oh, sweet. Yeah. So, so wide open. So
0: it's wide open. Oh, nice. And that's you have... Nice. Uh, a space that are 40 by 20. Yeah. Okay. So oh, I have wow. one is the bakery and restaurant. One is the kitchen and the bakery uh, where we make the bread and stuff. The next one is a big catering kitchen. The next one is another big catering kitchen where we have the big rolling oven. Then we have storage, wine room, you know, and, and stuff. And it goes on and on. But uh, I was lucky to purchase the building. I've been a very lucky guy all my life.
2: Again, it isn't all luck. Yeah,
0: some of it's, <laughs> it, some of it's hard some, work.
2: Some of it's hard work, well, but, and a lot of it is timing, I will say. Yes, there's luck in timing and being in a place before and it gets all the work, but you see like before, I said,
0: being raised on the farm, we had to milk the cow twice a yeah, day. Yeah. You know, you don't think twice about it. You right. know, you have to take care of of the animals.
2: Man, we wanted cows when I was a kid. My dad always said, are you going to get up at 4 a.m. to milk it? Because if you're not, you're not getting a cow. Uh, I was like, man. Well,
1: I never a wanted a cow in New York City, I have oh, you to say. Oh, you can't
2: imagine. My husband says the same. He calls me a hick. Yeah.
1: Okay, Michelle. I think maybe we should talk a little bit about people, about workforce. One of the things you've constantly said is you had good people. You worked with good people, and that made a difference and helped to make you successful. It's not so easy to find good people anymore. Is that
0: right? Well, it, it, it's true. I have to say that I'm very lucky. I I, uh, I have people that have been with me for many, many years. I have uh, my catering chef, Flores, for example, has been with me for probably 35 years. Holy cow. He wow. came in the mid-80s. Okay? Same thing with his assistant. Uh, the baker that retired, Richard, uh, was with me Probably since t- six months after I opened. Oh my gosh! So you know, so l- a lot of my employees have been with me for ten, twelve years at least, if not more. Yeah. So therefore, uh, you know, I don't have as much pain as some other restaurant may have. Right. Now, my location is a little challenging because I am at the end of the bus line. Right. I'm at the. I've no. No trolley where I am in Pacific. And
2: Beach. in and out of PB is a little bit of a pain and for yeah. Lodging getting
0: there. in PB is super expensive. So yeah. everybody that will be coming to me has to come from somewhere else in the right. you know. So the my key players are are very stable. So but yeah I find it difficult to find newer people. You yeah. know like I I have I found a great pastry chef Eric and he's doing a you know it's he's there. He's at, you know he's adapting himself, he's introducing new dessert uh, incredible things, uh, and that's working out good. But, you know, to finding people to work with him, I mean, I will pay somebody to get to work with him. Yeah. You know, knowing what he's doing is, is just amazing as far as, you know, the, my goodness, you you don't have to go and sp- spend money in a school, you know? Right. You oh, know? my gosh, if
2: I could teach more kids that. We've had this, these we've had podcasts about the whole thing with culinary school, and I truly believe you will just learn so much more if you find the right place and train or work with the right people. You learn all the all the really valuable and the lessons right and techniques. And the right mentor for sure. You need to you need to feel comfortable and they need to want to teach you and have patience with you. And granted, you don't get a job thinking it's school, but at the same time, boy, I don't know.
1: It's how you have to learn though. Yeah. You know, I learned so much as I said in the last segment. Working at the French gourmet, I didn't know anything except what they taught me in school, and that's just not enough. It doesn't yeah. tell you what to do when when an emergency comes up or something happens when I, the grease
2: I, trap explodes
1: when I went out to <laughs> when I went out on uh, to cook and I'm way out in hex for you know half a- acre, and the stove doesn't work, and oh I've got three hundred pieces of salmon to cook. Uh. what do I do? You know, so I think that those are the kind wow. of things you learn from and 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 you can't what get that anywhere do? else <laughs> I, I I burned up a hot box. I took a hot box <gasps> and I filled it full of- ke- of um sternos sternos and lit' them and, and and set the hot box on fire, cooked the salmon. <laughs>
2: Threw the hot box out. Yeah,
0: threw well, the hot white, box you know. out.
1: But people came Said, back sorry. afterwards saying, it's the best salmon I ever had. That was a <laughs> smoky kind of a saying.
2: salmon. <laughs> well, <laughs> nice work done. <laughs> I have to say
0: something about mentorship. Uh, yesterday I come to work and, you know, I come early, 7.30. So that's when they make the this sauce in the restaurant from scratch. And I see a guy there that's replacing my five, you know, People work five days, so that's two days. And I see him making more yolks of egg. And I say, What are you doing? He says, oh, well, my Hollandaise broke. And I'm, I said, Well, why are you making more eggs? Right. And he says, Well, I don't know. That's how I was told. So I showed him. So I said, Well, look, take a new bowl, put a little bit of cold water, touch, say, if your Hollandaise is too hot. And then, and I showed him how to do it. But it was so great because by, as I'm, I was doing it, he was like looking at me like, My gosh. You know what to cook, and say, "Yeah, I <laughs> you yeah." Know? what do you think And I showed him places. how to do it, yeah. and and it was just a great, yeah. you know, great feeling for him. And yeah. then you know, it made for me you feel too. good to teach something. Yeah, of mm-hmm. course. You know, plus it gives you… plus saving five yolks of egg.
2: Plus of saving some yolks, they say, saved you forty cents. But it did. Um, it does give you credibility as the owner for. A new employee, especially, to see that you actually know how to do the stuff. Yeah. I think that's something. A lot of times, people they they see you, you don't they didn't see your first ten years or your first thirty years or whatever of work. They see you now, and maybe you're in the office, maybe you're off doing debt, bank deposits or who knows what you're doing. And they don't. I get that too. You know, they don't always look at you and think you're the one that had to do their job for the first. Five, six, seven mm-hmm. years until you could afford to have someone else do it.
1: That's why I noticed that people like Elaine and people like Michelle, when they have their title down, they put owner chef to let you know I just don't, not just that I own this and run it, I'm also a chef. And I think that's an important distinction.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It is, although I must say I, I don't consider myself the chef. And I. Definitely don't consider myself a baker. Like we were saying before, you said you can't measure, and I can't measure worth a damn either. I'm a much better cook. I can bake at home, but yeah. I leave that to my professionals that I hire. And Cake designer. I'll take that. Cake designer. (laughs) Um,
1: Hadn't always been pretty, though, Michelle. I know we talked before about this whole thing about getting help, having help, about finding people, and it's a tough business to do that in. It's a tough business to be able to pay people in. It's hard in this environment, being so close to Mexico, being sure that we have uh, the right documentation so that we don't have problems. You faced those issues before, right?
0: Yes, I faced them about in 2009. Um, We had uh, an inspection of documentation. I thought I was okay by... You know, asking for driver' license and social security card, and you know, and uh, it turned out that a lot of people were using fraudulent document. I should have known. I'm told, and <laughs> I'm told, with some hindsight, probably. But I thought, you know, that's the requirement. That's the requirement. And um, so that was that was a difficult period because in those days we were busier in catering. We uh, price were not as high, and so we had, you know, we had about 250 employees. Coming through, our business every year, and you know yeah. we had about eight percent of people that were not uh, legitimate, yeah, and uh, and you know most of our turnaround comes from the catering. Uh, we have key player in the catering, so like you, when you came to work for us, done, you know, it's not a full time job, so you know you got people they they do it for two three months until right. they find a permanent position somewhere, working two or three days. Uh, a week or a month is not sufficient for most people, unless you have a full time job, and right, you know and this is you, a side job. you do two or three yeah. as a side job to, for the pleasure or to help you meet some bills or whatever. So yes, at that time we we had our channel, but we I survived them because, uh, you know, I've always been thrifty. Two oh. things
1: about that. One, it was an expensive lesson because with fees, with fees and fines and legal fees, I think you said it cost you more than a million dollars.
0: you the could pain. say probably twice as much as that with the lost business and and everything and and all and the reputation and all that. Yeah, mm. and you know it, but it was it was such a. Uh, it was an opportunity. I always say I found out as I was on my way back from France for a wedding, and I was reading a novel, an epic novel of the Middle Age, where in those days the knight used to ravage the villages and and you know kill people and all that. And when I found out about that, I said, and I was thinking in my mind, well, oh, it's not near as bad as then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, forget
2: but, it! Yeah. I mean, it was
0: like I see. It too, I, I forgot the name, but it was a great, great novel. Mm-hmm. Big one, you know. And uh, an
1: interesting thing about that also, and it says a lot about you, is that this whole thing about hiring people is is a problem all over the city. It's not like you were the only person doing that. But the reason that... It happened with you is you were doing a freebie for the military on base and when people had to be checked in that's how this came up so it was your big heart that that, that yeah, caused some yeah. of this to happen and a lot of people didn't realize that
0: well that's what i'm that's what i'm told you know that's mm-hmm. uh, uh we we did some some work on the to welcome some soldier from the first uh Gulf war but um no, it was fine. You know, I survived it. Uh, and, you know, we're okay. Now it's wonderful because we use e verify. So there's no question. You know, I wish everybody did it. Yeah. You know, you're, you're just higher up. We verify. Boom. That's it. That's done. There's no question about it. And, you know, I get a lot of calls. I get people say, you know, we verify. Are you okay with that? And some of them come, some of them don't.
2: You know, you said something um, in Don's interview earlier about. The e-verify and you it was a very smart point and you're basically saying if every business in the United States used a system like an e-verify where basically you put it in the hands of the government to be determining if this person is legal. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So you do that all of a sudden it's sort of like the it's sort of like drug trafficking, okay? If no one's using the drugs, then there's not a problem because there's no one to sell it to. So if no one's able to hire people who are illegal, then there's less of a problem because there are no jobs to come to, so that you're going to have mm-hmm. less of a, an illegal issue, you know, going on in the United States. So it's it, it makes so much sense if everyone had to do that. Yeah. I was yeah. actually good to glad to read about it from you because I didn't know anything about it. Oh, good. And no. I we just ha- I don't think you, we've ha- had you any have to register
0: from Arionesan. You you need yeah. to register. You have, a, you have a lady taking care of that for me. But you register, and everybody coming in, you have yeah. three business day to to do it, and it's a big. It's a big uh, piece of mind.
2: It's good. You made me think I have to check our payroll company because yeah. I I've always kind of thought they were doing something like that, and they might be. But now I'm going to double check it. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah.
1: And I think a- another issue uh, moving on from that is that one of the reasons why we have this problem so broadly is because we can't pay people what they need to be able to make money in the business that was one of the things we talked about how do we pay people more or what do we do about that situation whether it's sharing tips or whether it's actually charging people what food costs but the reason that we have this problem is because we can't pay people what we what we need to don't you think
0: well, it's like you know, people say the price of tomato will be much more if you pay it or not. You know, I I personally think it's a grave injustice that server make fifty bucks an hour, and you know you cannot pay your dishwasher more than thirteen fourteen because it doesn't make business sense. I mean, you know, you at right. the end of the day you don't. It's very very hard. Right. Very very hard. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, hmm. you've been talking about retiring for years now is that really in the offing is that really well, something you're trying to do
0: I, I, first of all it's not four years it, it's for a couple of years because i went to my dad's funeral in france and and my cousin and my brother wow. are telling me when are you retiring when yeah. are you retiring so i i've been doing a lot of thinking about it i love what i do yeah and retirement for me will be for me to be able to get away for more than 10, 12 days at a time. Right. You know, let me go to France for three weeks, four weeks, you know, do something. So what we are doing is trying to build a, a good team. And that's why West is coming. Uh, you know, I need a good kitchen manager, somebody that's going to keep an eye on everything in a way that I will do. Watch the buying. Uh, you know, I need better salespeople. Not necessarily better, but more of them, or find them find a way to make them be more productive yeah uh you know, but I love what i do i mean i I get to work at seven thirty in the morning it's so nice, so peaceful, I have time to check the you know the bank balance in the computer to sign the paycheck to to do my answer my emails and you know and then before everything starts moving so it's it's great
1: okay um if you look back. And look forward. Talk to me a little bit about the legacy of the French Gourmet. What do you see as your legacy here in San Diego?
0: Well legacy is a big word, you know, but I can tell you that I also I now cater people's waiting for for who the parents have catered. Yeah. You know, I uh, I I'm I mean it's like I have actually three generations of employees working for me. Wow. You know, the third generation. Uh I, I, you know I, I don't know I just I, it's you know it's very flattering for you ego to think the place is going to go on forever um you know I like I say I love what I do I have fellow kidders I have a, there's a great one in Miami called ha- Bill Hansen and he's 78 and he keeps keeps going so it's just what you know what we can do yeah. as good as my team is that's probably the answer
2: no, you said it. Having a good team is everything. It it gives you that opportunity and you need to take it. And, you you know, you have been doing this for so long. And I know finally, I for me, I, as of this week, I feel like I, I finally have my full, strong team back. Um, we had to do some rebuilding just recently and, and I'm super excited. But, boy, it, as soon as I feel like they're solid, I am booking my next flight to Italy. Oh, <laughs> you yeah, got to yeah, do it. Yeah. Because you know what? No one's gonna. We
0: work really hard, and what do we? The have place to show isn't for, gonna, you know? The place
2: isn't gonna die without you for a few weeks. You oh know.
0: yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about. it. Yeah. Actually, when I go, I've always noticed that they are doing better.
2: That's what I say. I'm. They're they better are. when I'm
0: not here. You know, and, and, <laughs> I need and, to go and you know, but I also know that when I see how much sales I do, yeah, that I'm afraid, and you know, we need the sales to be able to keep up with payment and everything. Yes, of course.
1: Well, Michelle, we want to thank you for coming today. We want to congratulate you on 40 years. We want to also make knowledge that you were the Chef de Cuisine Associate Purveyor of the Year this year. And part of that's because of the business you do. Part of that's because the big hearts you have and the the people you help and, and the causes you help throughout this community and you have for so many years. So we salute you, my friend, and congratulations.
2: And I want to say a special thank you to you because when I first moved to San Diego, I lived in PB on Opal Street, and I used to walk to the French Gourmet with my friend, and we would pick up croissant, and we would go down and watch the surfers, and we just thought that was the coolest thing ever that we moved from the mountains, and the French Gourmet was right around the corner, and it was our every morning mainstay. Well, for a very, very long much. time, yeah, that's great. You very know, nice I, memory.
0: I, I like I'm lucky, lucky in the sense that I am I have a talent which. You know, you share. If every one of us could do that, Don, you you are a big talker. You, sh- you give so much to the association and to the foundation. Yeah, that's you for know? sure. And, you know, we all do what's easy for us. And if we all did the same thing, life would be a much better place. Yeah, yeah so thank true. You,
2: Michelle.
1: And next time we will have wine judge Brad Bruce to give us a complete rundown in the local wine well, scene. That would be fun. There has been a wine making and wine drinking explosion in San Diego County, and we'll get an inside look at area wineries, wine groups, and a sense of the best offerings out there from someone who tastes hundreds of wines each month. That is next time on the front burner. And until then, I'm Don Williamson.
2: And I'm Elaine Ortizoni. Thanks so much for being here with us.
1: We look forward to having you. We look forward to hearing from you. Forget it.